0: Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience podcast. This is a really fun one today because um, we are talking to somebody who is um, part of GSUSA, except not in the USA. So without further ado, I mean, we just met. So please introduce yourself, tell us
1: who you are, where you're from, and how you're involved with Girl Scouts. Hi. Um, So my name is Amy. I live in Beijing, China. um, And I volunteer with USA GSO, USA Girl Scouts Overseas. Um, Here in China, I am the Overseas Committee Chair. Um, I'm not quite sure what that translates to uh, in America, but it means I run the Girl Scout program. And in Beijing, we have about 170 girls and, oh, I don't know, 37 adults or so. Um, I also do some projects for USA GSO. I'm a global facilitator, which means I do leader training and um, committee training for uh, Girl Scout councils around the world. Um, I also manage uh, the USA GSO virtual troop, which is just what it sounds like it's a virtual troop for girls, mostly overseas. We have a few in America. Um, And we have brownies through ambassadors, I think about 90 odd girls this year. So we have meetings uh, monthly for those girls Um, and they meet live and in person. And then we have a website where they can do other work. So I like to stay busy with Girl Scouts um, and I've had a lot of fun doing all my different jobs. Um, That's a lot, which I guess
0: shouldn't be surprising because we've had a lot of interviews on here with people who serve a million roles and wear a million hats. But I think this is particularly interesting to me because I'm not familiar with pretty much any of your roles. So I'm super interested to hear more. Can we start at the very beginning? Can you explain in your best, you know, to the best of your ability, um, what is USA GSO for people listening who may not even know what that means?
1: So, USA GSO is a council. Um, just like in the States, there's councils for different uh, regional areas. Um, but USA GSO is the biggest council. Um, and it has the most girls because it's literally girls from all over the world. So, basically, any girl that's not in the United States, who is a Girl Scout, is um, a member of USA GSO. And we have uh, staff members based in Italy, Japan, and a couple in New York City that um, help run the show.
0: That is super interesting. Okay, let's talk about the virtual troop for a second. So, or I guess a few minutes. Um, <laughs> so, how many volunteers? work on that troop Is it mainly just you?
1: So I've been involved with the virtual troop for this is the third year now. Uh, this year's our biggest year we have we expanded to add brownies and juniors because there was a lot of um, interest in that. Uh, we have I, I manage the uh, cadets, seniors, and ambassadors, and I have uh, volunteer co-leaders for each of those groups. And then the Brownies and Juniors has a different, um, a different volunteer running that show, and then she has volunteers that meet um, with the girls during their time frames. Um, it's, it's a lot to juggle <laughs> because there's uh, five troop meetings for these girls once a month. Um, and then they also attend some, some fun. Uh, USAGSO has, just like in the States, councils have uh, virtual opportunities now with COVID, we do as well. So um, this month they'll attend a cookie rally. I think it's next weekend. Um, this Saturday, they're going to a, a PAX Lodge um, event online. Um, so we we do different things and we have normal meetings where the girls do badge work and have guest speakers and all that fun stuff.
0: Now, just for clarification, this virtual troupe, how long has the virtual troupe been a thing? Like, was it before COVID or, I mean, this has been around longer, right?
1: Right. It's been around about four and a half years, maybe, um, I believe it started, we got some grant money from the World um, Scouting Foundation and put this into, put it to use in starting a virtual troop. It started just for older girls. And then this year we expanded Um, and it really started because a girl might be in a troop in Paris. Paris has a huge, strong, robust Girl Scout community, and then their parents end up moving to you know, Zimbabwe, and there's no Girl Scouts, or there is Girl Scouts, but they're in ninth grade. And as many of your listeners probably know, as the girls get older, maybe things thin out a little bit numbers-wise. So this was a way initially for girls who are older to continue with scouting no matter where in the world they lived.
0: I'm so fascinated by all of this, even just the statement, oh, Paris has... A really robust Girl Scout community the more you know like I didn't know that um, okay so um, a lot of people in the U.S. have definitely gone back to in-person meetings even if they're just socially distanced in-person meetings but there's also still plenty of people who are doing virtual meetings and events or supplementing with virtual meetings and events do you Do you have any suggestions as being part of a program that has been around pre-pandemic for what makes a compelling and um, interesting experience for girls who are experiencing Girl Scouts virtually?
1: Well, I think just like a real in-person meeting, let the girls try and run the meeting. Um, That can be trickier online. um, But but we, we still try and make that happen. You know, the girls lead the promise and the law. Um, sometimes they they take care of the business uh, announcement section of our meeting. The girls have picked the badges they want to earn, or at least picked the topics they want to make sure they uh, they hit. Um, and then usually for the big girls, which is where I'm involved, the older girls. Um, they end their meeting. They decided they didn't want to sing a song or anything because that is tricky with, with um, online meetings, especially when girls are all over the world and have different internet uh, happening. So they, they host a game. They take turns leading a game for the last, I don't know, 10 minutes of the meeting. And that, that seems to work really well. And it's a good way for the girls to sort of get to know each other virtually, I guess.
0: Can you give us some examples of what kind of games you even play virtually? I know this sounds kind of like a silly question because even the troops who are still meeting online who are um, in the contiguous states are have been doing it for two years at this point, most likely, unless they're brand new troops. But um, a lot of people are tapped out on ideas and some of us never figured out how to do it effectively in the first place. So... <laughs> Any, any <laughs> tips and suggestions are kind of still mind-blowing to those of us who are accustomed to doing stuff in person.
1: Well, um, as I manage the older girls, I would say they know way more than I do. <laughs> so usually I turn it over. I make one of them the co-host and they, um, they, they run the game. Um, you know, the girls know what games they like to play. Um, it's even fun if we play more boring games like... Uh, hangman and um different things like that there's a bunch of free game sites i'm not quite sure Uh, can't remember what website it is but the one they the cadets especially love to play is this game where they they all they get a clue and then they each draw the clue and so it like tells a little story um really just just ask the girls. They, and they're used to doing online stuff now from a lot of them from school and different things. So they, they are my experts for sure.
0: So if we dial it back a little further, (laughs) um, were you involved with Girl Scouts as a kid or when you were growing up?
1: So my parents both worked for the U S department of state and I was a Girl Scout for a just under two years when we were posted to, uh, Washington DC. So I was a brownie in the nation's capital, I guess. Um, but then I, I gave up my girl scout scouting career then because we moved actually to Zimbabwe and there was, um, no girl scouts going on back then. And my mom had a, a demanding job. So she, uh, I guess, didn't feel like she could start a troop up from scratch back then. Um, and this was a long, yeah, <laughs> long, long time ago. Yeah, I bet the
0: support system looked totally different because, you know, things change and grow and develop so rapidly. And yeah, I that's amazing, though. Do you, I mean, obviously, I know it was a short time and you, it sounds like your childhood was probably full of a lot of memories um, in general. So Girl Scouts, doesn't necessarily stand out, but do you have any standout memories or do you have any memories at all about being a girl scout or being a brownie in DC?
1: I do. And actually every Christmas I'm reminded of that. Um, my leaders were the old school crafty kind and we made as a troop, um, a, an angel, uh, wooden, uh, candle holder for Christmas. And we also made a, um, I think it's out of like baby food jar lids. It was a, uh, an ornament. So they took pictures of all of us, you know, cut it in a little circle, put it in the baby food jar lid. And then I think there's like tinsel or something around the edge. But, um, you know, my mom gave me these things. So every Christmas we, we haul them out and there's Amy on the tree in her little brownie outfit when I was like eight. <laughs> That's adorable. So what made you decide to get involved as a volunteer? So we were living in Ottawa, Canada, and we had a few young girls at the U.S. Embassy where my husband um, was working. And there was another mom who really wanted to start Girl Scouts. Her daughter was a little bit older and had done it in the States when they had lived um, there previously. So we permission to start a little embassy only Girl Scout troop. And I think there were maybe five girls. And so each mom had to really, um, you know, help out. It wasn't just drop your daughter off and go have a coffee. You, We really really got in there and and, uh, took turns and did things. So that was how I got involved. And then after we were in Canada, we moved to Moscow, Russia. And when I emailed the lady that was running the program there i asked you know my daughter will be a brownie is there a troop and she said she was i think she'd been in russia a long time and was was tired and said well there is this year but i'm quitting so if you want to do it you're going to have to do it so that's how i did i i said okay and um ended up taking over the program there and we went from oh 30 girls the first year and then in 3 years we had about a hundred. So, um, holy
0: moly. So how did you go from being involved with more of like a localized program where you were, um, actually physically living, um, to being involved in USAGSO on a broader scale?
1: So, um, a few years ago in Beijing, we had um, one of the staff members from Japan come to visit and do some training with us. And while she was here, we did some sightseeing and things because she um, hadn't been to China before. And when we were chatting, I mentioned I grew up in Africa. And she said, oh, we are trying to implement a grant from the World um, Scouting Foundation, and we can't find a volunteer to work on it. Um, And the program was for um, helping WAGs reestablish Girl Scouting in Mozambique and then a side project in Ethiopia. And I said, oh, I can do that. I'm not afraid to go to Africa. And so um, I really quickly got trained up to be a global facilitator and they shipped me off to to Mozambique twice um, to help the local women try and restart their Scouting program and to work with the embassy and the international school to start Girl Scouts for expat girls that lived there. So that's how I got my foot in the door, I guess. Wow. So, in all of
0: your roles, in any of your roles, what is one, or you can pick more than one, <laughs> what's one of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout volunteer?
1: I think probably the trip to Mozambique. Um, There was not a lot of, um, support in place, I guess, uh, I sort of had a mission, but didn't have any contacts on the ground when I agreed to do this. Um, but I, I managed to, to, to dig up some former Girl Scouts that happened to live in Mozambique and, um, was able to to make things happen. and and when I went, we we got a troop of about thirty girls going uh, for expat girls. Um, and the Mozambican girl guides have become accredited by wags. so I was um, really happy to help support those ladies.
0: That is fascinating. So, yeah, what is, I guess, uh, in your best words, because I understand like you aren't the be all end all determining, right? Like, let's just remind everyone this is totally volunteer driven. um, But um, what kind of is the difference between a country organization and USA GSO? And what is the difference between like, could a girl who is a US citizen but is living abroad join a country? Like, what, what, Where's the line? What's the difference? And why one versus the other?
1: So a lot of countries overseas have their own scouting programs, and I think local girls who are citizens of that country, you know, often do join their own programs. Um, USA GSO tends to attract girls who are, you know, maybe they're living there because their parents are in the military and there's a base or they're with the U S embassy or they're a missionary, or they're just an expat girl, you know, um, here in Beijing, we have a lot of um, foreign companies that, um, we have a lot of foreign girls who are actually USA GSO girls, um, but they go to English-speaking international school. So we welcome them. Um, and that's kind of fun because they bring some, some scouting uh, traditions from their own countries sometimes. So that's uh, fun. I think we have a brownie troupe that learned uh, some kind of scouting song from, I think it was Sweden. So the girls sounded adorable singing that. Um, here in China, it's a little, little different. We don't rec- there isn't a, a local scouting program um, because of a myriad of reasons. But we don't recruit Chinese passport holding girls unless they also happen to attend one of the international schools. Um, things are a little tricky in some countries, but we we ha- we have a, a large group of international girls as well as American girls.
0: This is just super interesting to me. So what's one of your craziest or silliest Girl Scout memories from any point that you've been involved in the organization?
1: So when we lived in Moscow, we had a great um, money-making fundraising idea. Well, somebody else had the idea years before I moved there. The girls sold pumpkins at Halloween because you couldn't buy them at the store. Russians didn't celebrate Halloween at that point. So um, every spring we would have to go and talk to this farm, farmer that was somehow attached to a monastery, uh, orth- a Russian Orthodox monastery in the countryside outside Moscow. And one year when I was running the program, it was a new, new guy in charge and he didn't want to plant the pumpkins for us in the spring because he was convinced we were going to use them for devil worshiping. So we we had some tough negotiations with him and finally he came to understand that pumpkins really didn't have anything to do with devil worshiping and he planted a ton of pumpkins and we sold them in October and made our our money so that was that was a, a crazy scene.
0: That is hilarious. That's a great story, but it sparks a question that I didn't even think of asking, which is so Does that mean that USAGSO does not have a cookie program? Does it depend on the location? Like, what does that look like?
1: So it does depend on the location. Um, Historically, it's just been on U.S. military bases. Um, Those have been the girls able to sell cookies in person. The last year was the first year USA GSO uh, started a digital cookie program. So, girls that are on military bases, like in Germany, I think Spain has a base, Italy, those girls can still sell cookies in person. Um, but the digital cookie program is for embassy, US Embassy affiliated girls around the world so they can sell digitally so they can, you know, have grandma back in the States order her cookies or people affiliated with the embassy where the girl is living can also order. So that's been fun. My daughter, my own daughter is 16. She's been a girl scout for 12 years now. And last year was the first time she's ever sold cookies and it was digitally.
0: This is so interesting. Okay. So, um, Girl Scouts doesn't just help girls grow, it helps adults grow too. What is one way you feel like you've been impacted or changed through your experience of volunteering with Girl Scouts?
1: Let's see. Uh, let me count the ways. I think it has definitely made me a leader. Um, and actually, quite literally, um, the State Department, where my husband works, gives out grants to spouses every year. And I applied for one uh, maybe three years now, three years ago now. And um, in my application paperwork, I said, you know, I volunteer with Girl Scouts. I want to be a better leader. I want to take this organizational leadership course. And I got the grant. And then I even got a little note. You know, it's because of your Girl Scout experience. We know how valuable this is to girls where you're living.
0: So, what has been one of your biggest challenges in any of your roles as a volunteer?
1: Adults, <laughs> adults, getting adults to volunteer and realize—you know—they have the time. Even if you work full time, you, you, you do have the time to run a troop um, if you really want to. It's been a challenge in some countries because, like in China, volunteerism is not. Um, not really a thing. They don't, it's not something Chinese uh, moms have grown up with. Um, and while we don't take Chinese passport holding girls, plenty of their moms are. So they've grown up in China um, and they don't quite get it. Some of them still say, I'll just pay you. I'm like, that's not how Girl Scouts works. You can't just pay me to, um, you know, suddenly become a leader for your daughter's troop. Um, I, yeah, I would say adults is. It, it is hard, especially in expat communities. People, you know, they get here and they're like, oh, I'll do it in a few years after I settle in. It's like you, you can't live your life waiting to settle in. You just gotta jump in there and, and do it. So I'd say adults. Girls always lovely, easy. It's the adults that I Aww. I find a challenge sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. First of all, culturally. And second of all, um, a lot of the families that would be the types of families that would be involved overseas probably are moving around to some extent as well. So yeah, that seems like it would be a big challenge. Okay. So if we flash back to, I think you said Ottawa when there was another parent who wanted to do Girl Scouts, if you could talk to the version of you who was just starting to get involved Um, if the version of you now could talk to that version of you,
1: what do you wish you could tell yourself about your Girl Scout experience? Let's see. I'd say two things. I would have told myself, go ahead and buy the lifetime membership. It'll, it'll be worth it. Just do it. (laughs) And, um, also probably, you know, don't let the adults, get under your skin, you know, I've come to realize the adults that are crabby or don't want to volunteer or whatever, they often have their own things going on that really have absolutely nothing to do with Girl Scouts or their daughter or me or anything. So just, you know, accept, try and talk them into it, but then just accept what they have to say and realize they have their own things going on.
0: Oh, that's really good. That applies to all of us. And um, related, what advice would you give new uh, Girl Scout volunteers? I- I'd be interested to hear in general, like troop volunteers in any capacity, but also for any families that are based overseas.
1: I would say get involved. Um, if you're overseas and you think your daughter would be interested, just jump in and get involved. It's been a great way um, for me and our other leaders overseas to make friends. Often in expat communities, you can find yourself in a little expat bubble, whether it's, you know, U.S. Embassy bubble or your housing compound or whatever. But Girl Scouts often incorporates girls from other schools and other countries. And it's, it's been a really good way to, to get outside that bubble and meet other pe- people and have new experiences.
0: OK, let's round off with one more question, which, again, is going to be kind of a big one. But um, reflecting back on what the Girl Scouting experience has been for your daughter, what do you feel like what do you feel like she's gotten from this program and her experiences?
1: I think continuity, Um you know, she started as a Daisy in Ottawa. We moved to Russia. We moved to Macedonia, and we've moved to China. And she's been a Girl Scout in all those countries. And it's it's something she's been able to take with her. Um, you know, she she can walk into a new troop, and she you know she knows what to expect. She knows what's going to happen. She you know knows the law and the promise. She she knows all the songs. Um, yeah, continuity. And it's it's something she, my daughter actually has never lived in the United States. Um, she was actually born in China and has only lived overseas. So it is a, it's also a connection to being American. Um, you know, she has an American passport. She you know, goes to an international school. Um, but it's it's a connection to America. Um, she's she's been to Girl Scout Camp in the United States. Um, you know, one summer we dropped her off at camp in very rural South Carolina and she knew not a soul. I I couldn't have done that when I was, I think she was like 10. Um, but she she walked in there and was confident she knew what what to expect and um and and she had a great time.
0: Oh man, this has been so fun to get to hear these experiences. Is there anything that I should have asked either about your experience or about USA GSO in general that we didn't already
1: talk about. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, if an expat is listening to this, you know, like I said, just jump right in, um, you know, Girl Scout adults tend to be nice and helpful and welcoming, just like, just like we want the girls to be. Um, it's a great way to make friends. It's a great, um, Resume booster. A lot of us have to pause our careers when we're overseas. We're not allowed to work for various reasons. Um, so Girl Scouting is a way you can, you know, if you're, say, a teacher or something to keep your, your skills fresh and still interact with kids. Um, so, yeah, get right in there and give it a try.
0: Wow. Thank you so, so much for your time today. I loved this. That's all I have. So um, yeah, again, thank you so much for your time, especially working with me with the time difference. And um, I loved, I loved getting to talk to you.
1: Great. Thanks so much. It was fun.